Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I just saw there's some commotion, so I kind of just snuck in. So, uh, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> this is a horror movie podcast. Uh, we talk about horror films every week. We get together, we've watched the movie, we talk about it. Uh, it's zombie month. So we are doing another zombie film, and this is actually a movie where we did the original a couple years ago, and we were <laughs> supposed to go back and do the sequels, but it kind of just lingered behind, and finally, Zombie Month is a good excuse to finally get back into it and get to the second film in the series, and that is Wreck. So this is going to be a discussion of Wreck 2, uh, or record, depending if you just say the full word, but uh, <laughs> of course, Wreck was the, the sort of the cult hit, the Spanish zombie film, found footage that came out in 2007. Wreck 2 came out in 2009. Uh, I actually saw this one in theaters because t- the first one kind of like oh. came out of nowhere and it was like, oh, you know, this cool movie exists. And, you know, I tracked it down and watched the, I think it was probably the DVD at the time, wasn't even HD. Uh, <laughs> but Wreck 2 actually did play at one of my local theaters uh, early 2010 and I got to see it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a cool spirits. Um, so we're going to get into it. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. Um, and much like Halloween 2, <gasps> this just picks up. It's the same <laughs> night. It picks up from okay. the same, you know, the events of the first one. There's no time mm-hmm. jump. Um, it just gets going. And the premise here is that if you're not familiar with, you know, the, the events of the first one, which was all in this apartment building, is Rec 2 opens with this SWAT team who are gearing up to go in in the aftermath of the first movie. And it picks up there. And that's it. That's, that's the mm-hmm. premise. And they're going in with like a... Uh, like a, a doctor from the Ministry of Health. It basically is like Spain's version of the CDC, I, I, I assume. Um, and that's this kind of thing they're going to investigate. And that's the movie. So, uh, and it's hard not to even like maybe bring up aliens in a weird way where, you know, it's almost like Colonial yeah. Marines going in after like the regular civilians have had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in the first movie, like, you know, there was a couple of weapons, but there wasn't a lot going around. Whereas... This movie, you know, it's a SWAT team. They're all going in with, like, machine guns and shotguns. Like, they're going in prepped. So it, it gives it a different vibe right from the get-go. But that's the gist. That's the, that's the premise of the film. There's some twists and turns and stuff to talk about, of course. Uh, but, uh, Tim. Yeah. How do you feel about Wreck 2? Uh, I, I like it. It's, um, you know, I, I do think that, uh, I, I you know, I, I mean... I, I think it's a, it's a really good sequel. It's um, I, I do think maybe there's a little bit of the magic that's lost from the first one, uh, but it's still like like you said, like the alien to aliens uh, comparison. Um, uh, I guess I, I can't help but see like SWAT members not really think of like a like Resident Evil three, uh, sure. even though like the you know it, although I guess technically like the you know first Resident Evil like you know stars it's kind of like a SWAT-ish kind of team or whatever, but uh, but you know what I mean. It's even an acronym, uh, Tim. Special Tactics and right, yeah. Rescue Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, but yeah, I mean, you know what I mean, though. Like, Resident Evil 3 is, like, a bit more action-y uh, than kind of, you know, the others. But, um, so I, I think in general, I just, I just prefer a little bit more of the kind of slow burn, creepy horror versus, like, you know, the the very excitable action uh so uh but i I don't want to sound like i'm degrading it you know too much because it is a very fun you know like solid follow-up um you know i I think uh you know that they find some like new inventive found footage things to do like using the uh you know like swap members kind of have these where i guess they're kind of like body cam cameras or or 
something yeah, like that. You, so there's the main camera that obviously is the one main one we're following, but all the other the, the, the other three members all have like cameras in their helmets. And every so often, the, the main guy who's holding the camera can sort of like patch that in and be, be cut to that instead. So, it's, yeah, it's, they use some new mechanics, and there's, there's there's more than that as well, which we can't really spoil. But there is some more yeah. inventive like camera stuff later on that, that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah, just uh, to finish up my thoughts, like no, it's a uh, yeah, it, it's very fun, um, fun follow up. <laughs> yeah, IMDb has this listed as an adventure movie, and I'm like, really, the a- adventure. It- <laughs> yeah you know i i posted about this because i uh I, I think like uh last month uh in october i watched the first one and if you look at the first one they have it listed as like a horror fan no not even horror like a fantasy movie well uh, to be fair reason. like imdb puts them in alphabetical order so if there's more than three you don't see what it is so horror will still be there but i think putting the word adventure is just really weird like <laughs> Yeah, I, I it, can. I, I save me fantasy. I, I get action. I, I get why the second one, especially, you'd call it yeah. action horror. I understand that, but yeah, it's it's baffling to me. <laughs> it's weird. Like, I don't know if people still have that residual like thing where you know they they don't like calling a horror movie a horror movie or whatever. But uh, yeah, I I think this this is these are just like the action I get, and then but you know these are horror movies. Come on. <laughs> Adventure. What is this weird adventure fantasy bullshit? That's weird. Uh, I like the movie a lot. I, I, I sw- one of these things where I remember really digging it when I saw it the first time, and I'd kind of forgotten mm-hmm. a lot about it. All in just it was a solid follow up that continued the, the night of. It was more of the same night mm-hmm. with the SWAT team and some other characters. And watching it again, I do really appreciate it. Uh, I, I think. It makes for a really great double feature with the first one. And it's not that I'm mm-hmm. saying three or four aren't worth watching, but they're very separate and they're very different in tone and different ideas. This feels very in tone with the first one. It takes what was revealed at the end of the first one, which was kind of a unique take on where the zombie virus comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sort of save that for spoilers, even though it technically is a spoiler for the first movie rather than the second movie, but it mm-hmm. does kind of take that and use it in a way to like shake things up and sort of add more to the movie as it goes on. Um, it doesn't take as long to get to the, the quote-unquote action because, like, you know, there shouldn't be as much of a slow build. But there is kind of right. that fun thing of, like, well, we know what's in there and we know some of the locations. And it's actually kind of fun and tense watching these characters, this SWAT team and this doctor, go towards, like, doors. And we know what's behind that door. Or in theory, we do. We don't know what's changed since we saw it. But it adds to the intriguing elements of, like, okay, so we remember this character was here in the first film. So... But where are yeah. they now? And you know, <laughs> there's, there's that kind of kind of feeling to it. Um, it's very lean. It's eighty five minutes. It's brisk. Mm-hmm. It, it has great ideas. It knows what it's tr- doing with the ideas. It gets to those points, and the pacing is kind of phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, I, I think it's you know, it's about as great as a sequel as you can get without equaling or surpassing the first one. Because I would say the first one's better. I, I, I don't yeah. uh, disagree with that, but. I think the bar or the 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 differentiator is so small uh, mm-hmm. that I think this is about as successful again without being the sort of movie where people then argue is it better than the first one or not. It, mm-hmm. It was you know Alien to Aliens. You know to go back to that example, that's one where there's legitimately camps of people who will argue either way because mm-hmm. and, and basically I come down to they're both ten out of tens, <laughs> and that's just kind sure. of how it is. Yeah. Here, now here I do think Recto is a great sequel it's a great movie and it's mm-hmm. it's just about on par with the first one and i think it's maybe just that there's less surprises 
because mm -hmm. of you know the first one's already happened but uh yeah. That is really good. Uh, I think it's a solid follow-up. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, you know, it's visceral, the, the, you know, the, uh, the zombies, which again, have a little bit more going for them this time now that we know kind of where they come from. Mm -hmm. And I could almost argue or see some people arguing that they aren't... Are they technically zombies? Because I was thinking about this as I was watching it. Are they technically zombies anymore, given what, what, what it is? And I, I would say they absolutely are zombies. Uh, yeah. I mean, not only just because they operate like zombies and the movie plays out like a zombie movie, but mm -hmm. because, you know, zombies have different origins. Like, you know, the most traditional one is the, the scientist has created, like, a virus, right? But then you also have, oh, someone's, like, someone's magically brought someone back from the dead and that started zombies. Or it's a mystery, like, Night of the Living Dead. You know, Romero never quite, you know, solidified why or where it came from. Yeah. Um, it coming from the source it does in this movie is no less valid as a source. Like, it, that was one of the things I liked about the end of the first one. It was such a fascinating idea. Like, oh, it came from this? Yeah. That's kind of neat. Totally. Uh, but, yeah. So, there. was that? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I know, like, some people argue with that stuff, but, like, I mean, really, if it's a... If there's, like, uh, a level of you know, some type of virus or sickness that is spread, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially through like, you know, biting or I guess maybe like, you know, scratching or, or whatever, but, you know, and to the point where, yeah. And it like, you know, you lose your, uh, you know, basically like your, your sense of being able to reason or use your brain and you just want to attack or eat or kill people. Like to me, that's like a zombie, you know? Yeah, pretty much. There's some borderline examples, but I think the only reason why I was bringing that up or why I was thinking about it is because we, we talked about how some people don't like to call 28 Days Later a zombie movie, right, yeah, and yeah. it's such a technicality, I think. It's like, it's, yeah. still, it's still a zombie movie. It still plays like a zombie movie. Just because yeah. if you want to technically argue they don't tick this box, it's just kind of a weird thing to me. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. no, I mean, I, I totally agree, though. Like, I do like the, the whole origin and stuff. It gives it, like, you know, this nice little wrinkle uh, and... To the point, though, too, where, like, um, you know, it's not just, like, all these, like, same zombies uh, that you're dealing with. There's also kind of, like, kind of feels like an end boss, you know, too, there, that they kind of go up against. And there's even, there's even kind of, not a sub-boss, but, like, you know, video games typically they'll introduce, like, a tougher enemy that's, like, a, yeah. tougher, a tougher regular enemy, like, t halfway through or two-thirds through. It mm -hmm. kind of does that as well. And then there's also, yeah, the end boss, uh... So it's very video gamey in that way, and yeah. being that my favorite video game of all time is Resident Evil Remake, I mean, I, I have no problem with that uh, in a, sure. a zombie movie. It, it, it works. Um, so no, I, I think this movie does a really good job of playing upon what you already know, and it quite smartly sets some things up early on in the movie that then pays off in interesting ways later on, especially with some things that I don't even expect it to do anything with. It's just like, oh, this was a setup earlier on. I didn't even realize it was a setup. Um, yeah. Maybe I should have. Maybe maybe it was more obvious to some people, but it's like, oh, that's actually kind of neat how it's using the things that it's already established in ways with with other perspectives. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just cool stuff. Um, yeah. No, it's a fun time. It's a fun, exhilarating eighty five minutes. And is uh, uh, I I forget was it the same directors or uh, I believe so. Yeah, same directors. Oh nice. Okay. Uh, I think they actually did the same. I think the same directors did all four. Uh, or at least maybe because it was two directors and i think mm -hmm. at least one of them does all four okay that's I could, cool i could be wrong 
Let me go. So let me check Rec 3. Uh, yeah, Rec 3 is just one of the two directors. Uh, and then Rec 4. Oh, no, I didn't do Rec 4. Oh, never mind. Uh, so the fourth okay. one's a different person then. Is the fourth one the one that starts at a wedding? No, that's the third one. That's the third one. Oh, okay. Because, right. uh, yeah, oh, okay. I've seen... So, so yeah. the fourth one's the other director. So it's, oh, the, it's two people who do one and two, and then one of them does three, one of them does four. So that's, that's, that's intriguing. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm, I've seen three then. I don't know if I've actually seen four. Uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, I don't really remember it that well, so I'm, I'm actually yeah. really curious to see that one again. Um, okay. I'm I'm curious to I I think there are interesting sequels to talk about because they yeah. are so different from the first two. Yeah. So especially you know even just the fact that found the found footage element goes away and because mm -hmm. one of the things that I appreciate about this film is that it keeps adding more layers to the found footage and it's, it sort of does these different yes. techniques with mm -hmm. it and shakes it up and makes it feel fresh but still stays true to it. And I think mm -hmm. it's interesting that when they went to make the third one, they said, okay, we'll start this off as a sort of wedding like video, so it's found footage. But there's a point in the movie, I don't know this is a spoiler, but mm. to say that Rec 3, after a certain point, stops being found footage and just becomes a regular movie. And I, I do think that's you know, the acknowledgement that, yeah, we can't keep the gimmick going forever. Like We've done everything yeah. we wanted to do with it, and we can't do anything else with it, so let's just do a normal movie now, because people want more yeah. of the story or more, you know, zombie action. So, <laughs> here we go. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think Rec 2 is uh, a really solid sequel. Um, I think, it's, I think it's one of the better sequels to a new movie of the last couple of decades. Oh sure, <laughs> that I've seen. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, I should say at the time of recording, not the month, because this is being pre-recorded for I think March. <laughs> happy march everyone <laughs> that's what this is uh it's zombie month it's not march it's zombie month right that's the important part uh so yeah if you want to go to patreon.com slash tv you can support us for as little as one dollar per month the uh the, the one of the higher <laughs> tiers of course is the uh the producer tier which is the names i just read but you can support us for as one one dollar per month and that'll get you access to the back catalog of bonus episodes uh and of course at the five dollar tier you get early access to episodes so go and have a look and see if you're interested plus there's bonuses for other shows that we do in mailfuzz tv so go and have a look and see if you're interested in supporters you can also support us for absolutely nothing by hitting the like button on youtube you can just hit that button and it helps us out a lot uh youtube will recommend us out a bit more if you do so so please do uh find you know any of these ways to support us you know also of course commenting subscribing sharing us out on the twitters all good valid options so thank you all right, so full spoilers then for Rec 2 uh, from this sure. point forward. <laughs> so, yeah, we have to talk about... The, so the end of the first movie, of course, is that they get mm -hmm. to this penthouse and it's revealed that there was a priest up there who had a possessed girl and that the possessed girl's blood is actually the source of the, the zombie virus. Mm -hmm. And that was a really cool reveal at the end of the first one. Yeah. Uh, and the, the first movie ended with the specific moment of the reporter, the main character, being pulled away from the camera. And that was kind of your big like, shock horror ending. So right away, this movie is like, okay, is she still there? And you know, if she is, like, is she still her? And you know, you're yeah. asking these questions. Uh, 
But one of the, the, the reveals early on, once the chaos starts, is that the doctor who's been sent in with the SWAT team is not a doctor. He's actually a priest. <laughs> and I, I love that he actually reveals it by pulling away. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's actually got his collar on and he's, he's got, like, got yeah. it covered, so he pulls away the cover and it's like, holy shit, he's a priest. Um, and the idea that he's here to actually... The, the mission he has is to retrieve the blood, the original sample of blood from the uh, possessed girl, because they can maybe make an antidote with it. And... Mm. You know, it, it was in this building because it was meant to be low-key and no one was meant to know what was going on and, and all the rest of it. But that becomes kind of the mission. And that, that's one of the things that, you know, again, separates it from the original movie is the original movie, it was just about surviving and getting out. That, that was it. Yeah. That was the only goal. This movie is like, no, no, we actually have a, a mission. We have a, we have a specific task in mind that we have to succeed in. It's not just about surviving. It's about actually saving the world and kind of stopping this from spreading. Um, it is kind of interesting though watching this in 2020 uh, no obviously it's zombies oh, yeah. <laughs> it's completely different but there is a lot of talk about the quarantine there's a, there's a lot of talk at the start like the, 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 the SWAT team are complaining they have to wear a mask and I was like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um, but you know all, all, I think all this stuff is is, is pretty solid because we, we get we dig a bit more into the because he you know if, if you did forget what the end of the first one was the priest character eventually does explain a lot of this he explains mm-hmm. it to the SWAT team because they're obviously demanding answers. They want to know what sort of situation they're in. And there's a lot of cool stuff with the mythology here. We, we find out that uh, not only was you know he trying to like do this, this pre- previous priest who was up here in the penthouse was doing testing, but also there's like like a secret like like hallway where there was like various possessed children in like yeah. <laughs> in like rooms and that was kind of what i was talking about with the sort of the the the, the tougher enemy or the creepier yeah. <laughs> enemy that's introduced later on because they're kind of crawling on the ceilings and they're really creepy uh especially the scene yeah. where the one like swap member goes into the uh the, like the, the crawl space the yeah or, yeah to, to find yeah. The, the, the hidden blood vial yeah that that's probably like one of my favorite scenes and like yeah all this stuff with these like yeah kind of creepy zombie kids uh yeah i, I absolutely loved um yeah, I mean, I hate to keep you know comparing like you know stuff to like Resident Evil, but they kind of reminded me of like liquors uh, a, a little bit. Oh, I could see it. Yeah, uh, like crawling <laughs> on the ceiling, but um, yeah, just like a, a great thing to introduce and just leads to like yeah, a lot of really cool, fun moments with them. Yeah, especially because he he just gets out in time and shuts the sort of grill, but you can see like three of these yeah. kids all kind of like clawing at the, the the door and try to get through. And and it's a really good lead up because you know as soon as he goes into whatever like the vent or crawl space or whatever it is like you know it's such a tight narrow space that you know like he's not just gonna get it and go out like you know easy peasy like there there's gonna be something to complicate it and then like yeah after he gets the 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 you know vial of blood it's like you know things are going a little too well and then when you kind of start hearing some noises and people start being like hey all right come on you, you gotta come back out now like uh it, it's a really nice ramp up to the tension that yeah and then when you do see the uh kind of like the holy shit moment of like uh yeah the kids starting to come uh it's just like a great like you know burst of adrenaline <laughs> and just going back to the video game comparison it does yeah. that thing because in video games typically when you get a new enemy like this you'll get in mm-hmm. you get a big introduction to just one on its own and the movie mm-hmm. kind of does that as well here where you, you there's like a you know one of these kids is in the room and they have to fight it and like the SWAT are still really skeptical about just killing these things and it's like yeah. oh it's a kid we can't shoot it and the priest actually grabs one of the shotguns and like just blows its head off <laughs> like on his own he's like no no it's gone like we have to kill these things yeah. you have to shoot them in the head um 
But just the idea that it, it has this big introduction to one of them, and then we get a scene where, no, here's a swarm. There's multiple yeah. of these things, and they're dangerous, and they're like, okay, you could fend yeah. off one, but now it's one guy versus three of these kids, and it's really, yeah. you know, it really sets up how tough and, like, scary it is. Yeah. Now, if I do have maybe, like, uh, kind of a minor uh, complaint uh, about the movie, and uh, for me, this it's more of, like, a preference thing. Like, I, mm. it's not that it doesn't make sense or it shouldn't be doing this, but like it feels like so much of the movie is like screaming. Like all the characters are just constantly screaming at each other. You know, it's just constantly <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? What's going on? Tell us like, you know, like, uh, you know, we need to get the blood vial. Like, you know, like I'll tell you later, like, Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. like the priest is yelling at the swap people, the swap people are yelling at the priest. Then the zombies show up and they're like doing their zombie scream and running and the people, uh, and, and obviously people should be screaming, you know, in this situation, but it's just, yeah. If, if you, when you're watching the movie after a while, it's like, all right, come, come on guys. We, we need a, we need a breather here. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that never bothered me as, as I was watching it, but yeah, you're right. Like, you know, a lot of the movies yelling, I mean, at least it feels natural in the situation. Like, it's not like it's yeah. like, you know, random yelling for yelling's well, sake. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it it's supposed to be though. Like this is a um, you know, uh, like it, it's not a slow burn horror movie. Like this is like no. you know, kind of like an adrenaline fueled like. That, uh, honest, Tim, that was the exact word I was about to use. Adrenaline. This is yeah. an adrenaline movie, <laughs> which goes with the fast zombies, I suppose. When you, when you think True. about it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I like all that stuff about sort of unraveling this mythology and. Okay, we have to get the blood, and then the idea that he has to test the blood once they've got it, because like, okay, we can leave now, yeah. we can leave, and no, no, we have to test it, and make sure it's the right blood, and he basically tests it by putting a like a crucifix into the blood, and it sets the blood on fire, and it's a really cool little effect because it bubbles first and then sets on fire, but yeah. unfortunately, the rest of the test tube also catches fire and like smashes, and it's like wait, shit, we need that. <laughs> <laughs> and he still he still won't let them go because they, they'll only get let out when this priest like gives like the the verbal okay over the radio to let them yeah. out. Now, my thing with this is, uh, like, all right, so he he drops the the vial on the floor and you know like the priest is freaking out and stuff, but like, I don't know how much blood do you really need? Like, is it really not enough that you can't like? scoop or suck up like <laughs> you know like some drops on the floor like do you really need like a whole full vial you know it's funny you said that because i thought you wasted far too much for the test because he poured out like half the sure, vial yeah. <laughs> onto, the, onto this little uh petri dish but yeah <laughs> um yeah that's fair <laughs> but so basically then it becomes this harder mission where he's like no we have to find her she might still be in the building if we can find the original and that's like we saw her at the end of the last movie she was scary as shit i mean to go back yeah. to the Resident Evil comparison, she's very Lisa Trevor, you know? Yes, uh, yes She's yes, absolutely yes. terrifying walking around with that hammer. So mm-hmm. you, so the idea that they have to willingly go in to try and find her is actually a really good mechanic. Again, it's this good mechanical device where mm-hmm. we already know what this thing is they're talking about. So when they say we have to go and try and, like, like, like put a needle <laughs> in her and take out some blood, are you shitting me? <laughs> like, this, this, yeah. this thing is dangerous. Like, she is, like, <laughs> demonic and, like, like awful and... Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And but naked. <laughs> well, the at least the uh, the breasts are like swinging around. Uh, she is. I- I'm not sure why that makes it scarier. I mean, it, it does. I mean, it's creepier. But yeah, 
Fair, okay. Um, <laughs> but you, so you've got all this going on and like un- unraveling all this, and as this is happening, there's some various instances. Like one of the SWAT team members gets turned into a zombie, and mm. this is where it starts to use some of the you know the possession stuff as well and mixes it in with the zombies because mm. the zombie does get repelled a little bit with a crucifix and is trapped in a room where you know the, the priest puts a knife in the door and like wraps his like he's a uh, you know he's he's, rosary? he's he's rosary around it yeah and it's. And it, but again, this is why these good things for self because this comes back up later when other characters are coming towards mm-hmm. the door and they don't know what's inside it, and you're just yeah. seeing this thing. It's like, oh wait, a minute, don't open that door. There's a zombie in there, <laughs> um, and that stuff's really effective. But mm-hmm. and then later on, he tries to sort of talk, and, and this is maybe the only thing that feels a little bit like maybe stretching outside of zombie territory for me is the fact that he can actually talk to a zombie as if it's a possessed person at a certain point yeah yeah uh i don't i mean i don't mind it it's like it fits with the like what they're doing in the movie but it is definitely sure. the, the, the the moment the, the most it ever feels like ah oh, this is a bit less zombie like now because it's talking yeah. but whatever but it's right around this point it's there's a, there's a scene where they have to like tackle this girl zombie and they're kind of like fighting her off and the camera's getting knocked around and the camera gets destroyed and there's a tease earlier on where they see some civilians in the building and it's like, wait, where did they come from? And it mentioned, and it's like, hey, they've got a camera. We have to get that and confiscate it. Like, you know, we yeah. can't have them seeing anything. And when the camera's destroyed and the movie goes black, then it starts up, and we actually cut back to earlier on the timeline where this, like, you know, these like three teenagers have got like a camcorder and they're like recording them doing stupid stuff with fireworks, mm-hmm. um, with a blow up doll. But then they see this <laughs> quarantine thing happen, and they're just idiot kids who decide to follow. And this is a neat callback to the first one, is that the, the dad with the who went out to get medicine, who they were expecting oh, to right, come right, back, yeah. like, he wants to get in the building because his wife and daughter are in there. And there's a firefighter who wants to get in there because, like, all of his friends are now, like, trapped in there from the first movie. Um, yeah. So they, they, they both, like, sneak in through the sewer and the kids follow them. And so that's how they end up in the building. But mm-hmm. this was just a really fun kind of, like, shake-up of the... Because you were talking about earlier how you needed a break from all the yelling and streaming. And I thought mm-hmm. this... Because this is exactly at the 40-minute mark. This is exactly halfway through the movie. It decides to, like, go back to this. Okay, we're back to, like, it's slowing down again because it's the characters who are just like, oh, what's going on? There's something around the building. It is a breather. Yeah. It's a literal breather exactly halfway through the runtime. That's true, yeah. But, you know, once they get in the building, of course, they find out that the sewer X has been <laughs> welded shut because, again, the, you know, the people that try to quarantine this have, have thought of this... Yeah. And have sealed it. Um, did did you did you feel really uneasy when the the teenagers found the gun? Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially like since like the one kid seems to like be like incapable of not shooting it. Like yeah, he fires he, I feel like it. He gets off like two or three times. Like. Yeah, he fires it a couple of times by accident, and just like, it's just and for for if nothing else, not only is it obviously dangerous that he's firing a gun and it may hit someone, like. Yeah. I'm pretty sure these zombies hear things, and the gun's pretty loud. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is a pretty bad thing to be doing. Um, yeah. So we sort of follow them for a little bit, and we, we there's a great scene uh, in one of the apartment buildings where they actually kill a zombie with a, a firework, like a rocket. They stick it in the zombie's That's really face. Cool. It's yeah, a yeah. really fun sequence, and it's really <laughs> and it's really different again to all just the shooting and you know the, the stuff. But, uh, uh, honestly, <laughs> there's not a ton of gore necessarily, but every time there is no. something. It does look good. Like, every, all yeah. these moments really stick out, I think. Uh, but they end up, you know, letting the zombie out of the, the, the closet. The The husband gets bit, so they have to end up, you know, shooting him, obviously. Um, yeah, he, like, falls down, like, the stairway. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Because we, we saw that from the perspective of the SWAT team before we see yeah. all this stuff. Um, 
so we, we get both sides of that and it's actually when they're they're wrestling the the zombie in the apartment that eventually the SWAT team come in and they confiscate the camera and this is one of these things where okay so this is how they get another camera because these kids have brought one in but mm-hmm. as they're actually encountering each other for the first time and they're yelling at each other and like finding out what's happening and the the kids are all scared um and if i even before we get to that i should probably mention the, the, the zombie SWAT team member they let out of the room like the teenage mm-hmm. girl has to shoot him in the head and yes. <laughs> before she does that though she accidentally hits the the firefighter but like, the firefighter doesn't get yeah. bit by a zombie he actually gets shot in the head by accident by the girl when she's trying <laughs> yeah. to shoot the other guy which i'll be honest i kind of love because how many how many of these zombie movies have characters who have never fired a gun before like you know having and to use firearms instantly, yeah yeah like <laughs> like so i actually but, kind of appreciate just how bad these kids are with this gun because they shouldn't be good at it it should be no, like yeah. you know rough and tough i, I yeah. don't mean that right but <laughs> anyway no like uh, totally and uh and especially like um you know this is another country so i'm assuming like you know uh you know it, it's not as like uh gun crazy <laughs> as like america i think uh, it's more lax than the uk but i don't know to what extent yeah like i mean i don't know like the in a i don't know like i, I feel like an american movie you could maybe have like a character like say like some dumb thing like yeah my daddy took me to the firing range when i was a kid or something but i don't know if that's as yeah big like overseas or whatever but uh no like yeah it's a good point like uh that yeah it's a very um you know, like dangerous weapon that like you know even if you're someone that like has like a good aim and like a video game or something like mm. you're not it's not going to automatically translate to <laughs> being good there and especially with a very tense chaotic situation like yeah you're probably gonna mess up and you know not be that very good at it so here's uh i've actually i googled just i was curious what the gun laws are in spain um so this is just the google answer at the top uh the regulation of guns in spain is highly restrictive the bearing of arms by civilians is not considered a right but a privilege that may be granted by the government if legal conditions are met automatic weapons are strictly forbidden to civilians and just sort of uh going down to a, a, a reddit thread of all things um <laughs> so basically uh yeah so there's no carrying conceal unless you have a you know unless you're a police officer or something i think when i said they're more <laughs> relaxed in the uk i think i just meant because i've heard that you do see a lot more police walking around with guns because in the uk police yeah. don't carry guns unless you're a specific uh like you know we don't call it swat but like a swat sort of thing or an airport airport police police don't carry guns right uh mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's specifically like if you if there's a policeman with a gun who's been posted somewhere we specifically refer to that as an armed policeman because it's that's the mm-hmm. rare example like regular police don't wear them or wear them you know what i mean um yeah. um but to get licenses you have to basically like you have to pass exams you have to like you know do a psychological test i think for the sounds of it sounds, um sounds like you basically just don't have to have freedom is what you're telling me really is that, is that what you're doing the, the the american freedom argument this is one freedom i think a lot of people would happily do without to me hey I, uh, all i know is I, I don't feel safe unless i have about a you know good 30 to 40 guns in my house at all times <laughs> do, you, do you have a closet just like you have like a little armory oh yeah yeah i got a little one you know i've been making one for the baby uh 
you know, cause he's got to have his guns. Uh, <laughs> you know, of course the dogs and the cats each have their own little, uh, you know, pet guns. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he, just, he, he, Thank God I live in a free country. <laughs> yeah. Apparently you have to pass a psychological medical and eye exam. You have to have no criminal past. You have to have a police certificate that you have never been involved in a, like a, a crime, uh, that's been violent or anything like that. It sounds like a lot of good restrictions that maybe yeah. other countries should probably uh, consider. I mean, I don't know how effective it is. Oh. Again, I'm just Googling sure. this quickly, but... <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like the kind of thing that it would not make sense for anyone to be against, but hey, who knows? People be weird. I mean, we're in a pandemic <laughs> and some people think that uh, wearing a mask is oppression, which maybe shows how privileged yeah. some of these assholes are, but you know, that's whatever. Um... <laughs> Look forward to the YouTube comments on this one where people know. just... <laughs> <laughs> Joe, it's funny, actually. I uh, I, I was booking an eye test uh, the other mm-hmm. day. And when I when I was setting up and it was like a sort of pre-questionnaire just so you can, you know, mm-hmm. quicks things up when you get there. Which, by the way, is for another month. Like, it's like a month-long wait for an eye test right now. Um, oh, wow. But one of the things they mentioned is that, you know, would you consider... They always ask you if you consider to go into contact lenses. And I, I don't want them. Mm-hmm. I'm good. But one of the things they've put in the, the thing now is that they specifically say, you know, right now, you know, glasses steam up when you're wearing a mask. So you, would you consider contact lenses because of that? <laughs> and they do. Like, whenever I have to wear my mask, it, it does, like, you, your glass. <laughs> I've actually just taken my glasses off when I'm wearing my mask, like, in a shop or yeah. something like that, because th- th- you do. Your glasses just steam up constantly from your breath. Uh, you get little windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> that's well done anyway we, we tangented a little bit there uh, mm. but yeah the point is is that it, the gun feels dangerous in the kids hands and it mm. feels like they're, they're un- ill-equipped to use it and that's I appreciate that but one of the things here that I, I really dig uh, is that so you're, you're thinking to yourself okay they've got a new camera that's working because mm. these kids have brought one in however as they're like having this like, debate about what to do and like with the kids and whatnot especially since one of the three kids has been bit and he ends up being the one that the priest questions with the crucifix and like tries to get to talk about the location of the the original girl, is that the battery on the camera is like flashing. It's like dead. It's almost yeah. dead. And you're saying, "Wait a minute! Like, how are we going to deal with this? Like, the camera's almost <laughs> dead. Uh, you know, how are we going to see the rest of the movie?" And again, this is about twenty twenty five minutes from the end, so it's very neatly split up in the terms of like all the sections. But we just see like a figure out of focus walking in in the distance, mm. and it, it goes into focus. And who is it? It's it's the reporter from the first movie, <laughs> uh, holding her camera. So mm. there is something kind of neat, and this is a really weird thing that I've never seen in any other movie. But there's kind of a weird feeling to be like we're on the original camera now again. We're actually <laughs> back on the camera yeah. that the first movie was shot on, and there's something weirdly kind of like not nostalgic, but. I don't know, there's like a weird feeling of like comfort or reverence because we're back on the it, original camera. I don't know, it's a weird thing to describe, but... It, yeah, it feels like a little uh, important. And uh, I mean, I think it's a testament to yeah, just how well done the first movie was. Uh, mm. Because, I mean, even other, um, you know, found footage movies that I liked, I, I still wouldn't have, you know, that, that relevance for like the equipment or whatever. Um I think maybe the uh, Blair Witch Project would probably be the only other one maybe he could get away with that. Uh, but yeah, like it's not like paranormal activity or something like yeah, I don't 
give a shit <laughs> if they're <laughs> using the same camera or whatever. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning, you probably maybe if you've not seen this or you just listen to us talk about it, like, you know, what's their excuse for constantly filming in this one? Uh, it's basically like it's the orders of the priest. The priest is like, No, we need to have all this documented for future, you know, studying so yeah. we can figure things out. You know, it like he he is insisting that they're constantly filming. So uh there there is a reason presented uh in there. I've got, of course, the big thing here, though, with this is that, you know, we introduce, uh, is Angela? Is that the name of the character from the first one? The uh... Uh, Maybe. <laughs> that remember. sounds right. I think these are, oh, this cast is in order of appearance. Oh, that's annoying, because she's, yeah, Angela. Angela, yeah. Um, So, we're like, wait, she's acting normal. The last we saw yeah. her, and the, and the star of the movie reminds you of this, the opening shot of this movie is the final shot of the first one. Yeah. Um, like we're like but she's acting normal is she is she like evil is, is she gonna like is she up mm-hmm. to something like is this really her <laughs> like, yeah. you're sort of and asking it, these questions yeah immediately puts a lot like a lot of uh like yeah questions like running through your head yeah and but everything she's saying to them does kind of sound like it's real like you know when she talks about seeing the girl and she says it's in the penthouse it feels yeah. like she's just being honest and saying the, the things that you know she would be saying anyway. But in the back of your head, you're like, but, but you got grabbed. You got taken. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? Uh, and they find out... So they find another hidden place in the, the penthouse. And I actually really love this reveal because obviously in the end of the first movie, we went into this this location. We went into this place where they found you know the, the possessed woman. And you know we had the whole night vision sequence at the end of the first film. And I kind of love that here, the reason why, even despite the fact that all of the characters went into this penthouse multiple times looking for stuff, they never mm-hmm. found it is because it's like a secret thing that's hidden and can only be seen with night vision. And yeah. it's like it's almost like it reveals another dimension uh, in night vision because of this secret door. And at first you think, oh, it's just like a, a trick door that you can't see without the night vision. But once they get into the sort of secret lab area, like when the night vision's off and they've got the light on it's just tables with equipment and stuff but then when they turn the night vision on there's like a weird stone bath and yeah like stuff and and whatever it, it makes it really creepy it gives it this kind of like otherworldly supernatural kind of feeling to it which mm-hmm. uh like uh, again you know they've kind of set up um you know it is what's going on like with these zombies there is this kind of like demonic uh you know uh presence to it so it's uh yeah it fits like quite nicely and yeah it just makes it kind of weird and creepy (laughs) yeah it's it's a a really interesting mechanic again to and to tie this to the night vision again another camera mechanic of like okay there's two settings we can see different things depending on which setting we're on uh is a really interesting little uh just yeah just a mechanic in terms of the scene and how it plays out and you know so at this point we've got the main the last swap member holding the camera who's been holding the thing the whole time and you've got uh, the the priest, and you've got Angela, and like there's a whole sequence here where that this this woman is blind, right? The possessed woman is blind. She's just mm-hmm. listening for them, so they're all standing quiet. And the priest has got a he's got a syringe in his hand, like he's going to just sneak up and like take some <laughs> blood. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like she's going to, and she's holding a hammer. In fact, one of my favorite moments in this whole sequence is. The ca- that whole thing where the camera guy gets knocked down and the camera's just sort of lying there looking at something that actually happens bef- like before anyone dies. It's just sort of like it's knocked out of his hand. So, but while it's on the floor, the hammer's sitting in front of it, 
And yeah. there's, a, there's a whole moment here where the ca- the camera guy is like looking for the camera in the dark and he can't find it. And he's like, he's like rummaging around and he's getting closer <laughs> and closer. And just before he gets to where the hammer is, you see a little bit of like either blood or like ooze like dripping onto it, and then it's picked up out of frame. And you're like, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> it's, it really plays uh, with the, the the suspense and the the beat to beat kind of like tension that's building throughout and yeah. uh, these and visual it, moments. And I just I really really just love the way uh, you know this creature like. The way it looks and the mm-hmm. way it moves, it's just very unnatural. It's kind of like animalistic, I, I guess. Like, you know, the way it's it seems like very, you know, like not really sure of its surroundings. And it almost seems like it's kind of like slowly going along, like trying to find like some prey or something. And then once, yeah, it is alerted, it just becomes so like brutal and like frenzied. It's uh, just such a cool like design and um I, I like all the thought put into just like the way it moves around and stuff. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, super creepy and it's a wonderful performance for sure. And from here, basically, you know, the, the camera guy gets killed. The camera's down. Uh, the 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 radio that uh, the priest is wearing that he's using to talk to the outside like starts talking to him, and that's kind of what you know makes the the girl kind of attack him with a hammer. Uh, but he's not quite dead, and then. Angela actually shoots the priest and shoots the camera guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, so this is her turn. And she gets on top of the priest. Well, he's not quite dead yet. He's just sort of lying there. And she's like, you know, make the call. Tell them that there's one survivor and that she's coming outside. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and he, he refuses. He refuses to let her out. And we get like a sort of flashback to like basically what happened after the end of the first movie. And mm-hmm. what I liked about this is you could actually hear on the other side of the door, the SWAT team, like, all about yeah. to come in with the battering ram. So it actually, like, established this timeline where the, the, the start of this movie is actually a little bit before the end of the first one. Like... Right. Uh, but, so that's really cool. But you see, like, the, 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 the possessed girl, like, pass on, like, this, like, parasite almost, mouth yeah. to mouth. It's really <laughs> disgusting. Um, but it's, earlier on in the film, it set up the idea that the, the, the zombies can actually talk with someone's voice, like, someone else's mm-hmm. voice. And Angela can do this now too. So she actually just uses the guy's voice to let him know that he's that she's going to get out and that this thing's going to get out into the world. And this has all been about escaping um, before she like bangs his head. Um, and the movie just kind of ends with her glancing at the camera, like a sort of knowing, like, yeah, I'm getting out. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's a really solid ending. Um, and I, I think it manages to add enough to it and like have a really distinct ending from the first one, despite the fact that it's again doing some night vision, because it can do this sort of like extra element where one of the, the humans, you know, quote unquote, is uh, you know is has turned is is you know yeah. working with the villain. Um, I, I think it managed to do that all quite well. So. No, I, I like the ending a lot. Because like, that was my big worry at the start of the movie. I was like, oh, but, it, you know, the ending was so good in the first one. Like, can they top that? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it tops it per se, but it, it adds so many different elements to it that I think it stands out and doesn't just feel like a repeat. Yeah, it kind of feels like... I, I don't know, like, some sequels, they kind of feel like, uh, you know, like an add-on, like, where it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah, it, it's not necessarily trying to do something completely different or you know like just do the same story but like you know with like a new character or or whatever but instead it's like 
no, we're being additive. We're taking the first one and we're just showing you more and we're taking stuff that we set up and adding little elements, uh, you know, again, kind of like a kind of like Resident Evil 3 where it's like, OK, yeah, we're not like doing a whole new scenario. Like, you know, we're staying in the same you know place as two, but we're giving you like new perspectives and, you know, it's like the same city, but it's like new you know, locations and, and some new characters, but you still run into, you know, some familiar stuff. Um, that's what it kind of feels like, but uh, it, it's so well done, though. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like, oh, yeah, you're just retreading the same stuff. It's like, oh, no, like you're taking what was already good and then kind of giving it a little new spin or expanding. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, if I ask one of the things that is really impressive is that it's set in the same building, but I never felt like I was bored of the location. Um, yeah. If anything, the fact that they had, we had some familiarity with the layout of the apartments and the, the stairwell actually added to the tension because, again, it's that, that, that thing of... Uh, there's a great sequence in Dead Space 2. Again, another video game, yeah. unsurprisingly. But there's a great sequence about two-thirds or so into that game where you actually go back to the original ship from the first game. And mm-hmm. the, the, that section, like, going through that, that ship not knowing like you're waiting for the things to happen waiting for something to eventually jump out at you uh is super eerie and i think that's a lot of what i get from the start of this movie when they're like wandering through the stairwell and the halls and you're like well but when's the thing coming and you know they come into the foyer and you can see the handcuff hanging from the the stair you know banister and uh the blood on the on the floor and everything else like it really plays with the okay we're we're genuinely (laughs) coming in and just sort of like having the aftermath of what we had before play into what the setup of this movie and these characters and how they react to things it makes it makes that's why i think it makes it for such a good double feature is that in many yeah. ways it does feel like one big you know three-hour movie uh and so. yeah and, it, and it's good because like yeah each one is like pretty short that it's like you could kind of squeeze them together and have a yeah, yeah. pretty reasonable movie <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of uh maybe set piece moments that i want to mention uh one of the spot team members sort of the more angrier one he has a great sequence where he's separated from the others and he's trapped in one of the apartments. And I love how all the apartments have the same layout because they should. It's the same building, right? So typically, yeah. you know, they, they will have the same layout. Um, which meant sometimes <laughs> you didn't realize what, you know, which apartment you were in until, you know, there was a sign that you were in certain places. But uh, there's a sequence where he's trapped in the hallway and he's trying to like sort of like barricade the various doors and stuff. But he, oh, ends, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ends up with a zombie on either side. And he, yeah. it's a really good little sequence, and then he has to run to the bathroom. And he the scene ends with him just shooting himself in the bathroom because he think he doesn't want to yeah. become one of them. Uh, there was a zombie in the bathroom too, right? Yeah, he had to sort of like fight so it them ends out. up being yeah. like three sides. Yeah, <laughs> and he he can't get out of the bathroom, so he just puts a gun in his mouth and uh, kills himself. Uh, so no, it, it, you know, it escalates. It gets you know tense and more tense and and whatever and what's kind of funny though is that the kids after the like when they when they interrogate the the kid that's put like turned you know turned into a zombie the other two are just sort of crying and streaming and they lock them into like a like a closet and like mm-hmm. they, they they put like a bookshelf against it so they can't get out and all i could think at the end of the movie was like wait those two kids are still just trapped in a closet <laughs> in the building uh and they mentioned though that they're going to like you know burn the building to the ground so i'm like well i guess those kids are just going to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> poor sods oh well uh yeah it, it's so like uh i mean it, it's kind of hard to gauge like exactly how to feel about the characters or about these like kid characters but mm. like because uh, you don't really get like a ton of their personality but the one thing i do keep thinking about though is like 
man, it just must, how much it must suck that like, you know, uh, you were just like hanging out with your friends and just one little bad decision of, Hey, let's go inside and check what, what's going on. Like, yeah, it just leads to like this fate. Yeah. I think it goes back again to like their reaction and them using the gun and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. those things make them feel like real people, even if they're, they're, oh, yeah. they yeah. don't have a lot of character, but they feel real because of how out of their depth they are in the situation mm-hmm. and how yeah. scared they are once they get in. Because we didn't even mention that before the SWAT team came in, the helicopter or whoever outside starts taking shots at them through the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, which again was the cho- a choice that the priest makes because in the first like half of the movie, before we get their the other perspective, at one point, the priest is called on the radio and they say, hey, we see some civilians at a window, what should we do? And I don't think we get to hear what he says to the, the radio, but later on, they start taking shots at them, so we have to assume the priest made that call, that he's the one who yeah. said, no, take them out. Like, no survivors, no witnesses, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I think it's, despite the fact that it's set in the same location and it, it uses a lot of the same elements... It somehow never feels like it's just doing the same thing again, and I think that is super mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good expansion. It's a good expansion <laughs> to everything the first movie did, uh, and uses all the elements to to build upon what was already there. It never just feels like it's just a a redo. So yeah, it's a yeah. really good sequel. Yeah. Mm. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, I had uh, yeah, I I think I had seen it once before because i i couldn't really remember it too well uh but then once it kind of started going i was like oh wait no i remember like kind of this premise and stuff but i was still you know pretty uh excited for it like it's uh you know it, it still felt like exciting and new and fresh and like um yeah and then and again the first one is so good that like i don't know e- even if it was like retreading it like i don't know <laughs> i did like going back like to this apartment building and yeah, like, I was excited when they go back to the penthouse and see, like, the stuff again, so... Mm. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. <laughs> uh, yeah, talking again about the reverence of the camera, uh, even the building itself, like, I think it's notable that this one, you know, there's a scene at the start where the SWAT team are in their van and they're just talking about the cameras and, like, getting them set up. Mm-hmm. But when they get out of the van and they're walking through the crowd and, like, going to the, the quarantine little, like, tent that's leading into mm-hmm. the building, that's when the titles start playing. That's when it comes up saying, you know, so-and-so present, uh, so-and-so film. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it says Rec 2. I think it's interesting, A, that, you know, a lot of found footage movies don't do that. They don't do traditional, like, titles at the start because they want it to feel more, like, well, found footage. Like, it's real. Like, oh, we just found this somewhere. So there's no title at the start. This doesn't do that, which I respect. It's actually kind of refreshing that it still treats it like a movie. It's like, yeah, it's found footage, but it's still a movie. So let's just not pretend otherwise. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But also just the idea that, you know, it's something that a lot of movies do is they'll have the titles come up one by one, sort of, like, interspersed as something's happening to sort of almost add to the suspense of like what's going on in that opening. And I think it adds to the reverence of the building because it's when they start walking towards the building, it's like, okay, so-and-so presents. And then you get another bit of them walking in. It's like even the idea that it's treating the building as like, hey, you're excited to go in there. So we're, <laughs> we're hyping it up with the extra little pauses, you know, with the titles. It's, it's just, it's a little thing that a lot of movies do, but I think it makes me realize again, like how much the, the first movie, like, earn this risk because this wouldn't work if the first movie was was mediocre right it only right, works right. because the first movie was so good and we're excited to go back in yeah. so it, it expands on it but it, it it treats the first movie with the respect of yeah we're this, this movie exists because that first one was good and successful because it was successful in achieving what it did 
with this place with these characters with these zombies um but not to and, the point where you know you get like uh sequels where all it is is references to the first one because it's got no new ideas yeah it's not that and it yeah and it expands the mythology without like i don't know being like too over explaining like mm. you know because sometimes that's the problem with like a sequel where it's like all right well now we got to go into the backstory and explain what this person was or how this came to be and the, you know they do add some like you know new information but it, you know it never feels like stuff that's just kind of wedged in there for sequel sake you know it's yeah. like it's stuff that all makes sense and because it's not yeah. really much more to the, the backstory in terms of the possession itself is yeah. the, the, the details we get is that a there's other you know kids and examples that they're working on but it's really the only real element that's added to it is that the, the idea that this wasn't just one priest because i think in the first movie maybe it felt implied that it was just this one priest who was trying to do this on his own this kind of yeah. reveals that no this was approved by the vatican the vatican yeah. knew about this and <laughs> they were like you know this was like all this was like the secret like vatican like secret service i, I don't know like, they're, no. like they're, they're trying to like deal with this in the hush hush like i don't know um yeah but it, yeah it all, it all worked and it all makes sense and it's, it's you know it's not that thing where i'm trying to think of a sequel that does it because there's tons of them that do but like you know like a new terminator like dark fate which isn't terrible but it feels like it's mostly just trying to recreate moments from the first movies it's just referencing things because of nostalgia this it reveres the first movie but it doesn't rely on it uh and yeah. that's that's good so yeah i i i, I, I guess that, that, that about does it um well this is anything else that i've not mentioned that you want to eat. no i mean i think we we covered yeah, pretty much everything yeah um yeah okay well in that case timmy uh <laughs> rate it uh i think i'll give it a, a straight eight uh i think it's you know really fun really solid um you know, I uh, I still do you know prefer the the first one, but um, yeah, I mean, as far as sequels go, this is definitely one of the better ones, and it's you know it's pretty lean, entertaining throughout, and uh, yeah, that's a it's a good time. Yeah, I I, I gave this a straight eight when I saw, it, and I'm probably still going to give it a straight eight, but I have to admit, it was it was actually even a little bit better than I, me- I remembered it to the point where <laughs> I, I was considering even maybe bumping it to the eight point five. I don't know if I, I don't know if I outright will, but it is tempting. It, it's definitely a really, really great sequel, and mm-hmm. it's one where I, I wouldn't. Say, you don't have to see three and four. I don't think not to spoil like our thoughts on those. That's it. I've only seen those <laughs> once, so maybe I'll have more, you know, right. nuanced thoughts once we watch them again at some point later. But um, I would say that Rec Two is required viewing. It's not like Halloween, mm-hmm. right? Where you've watched Halloween. Okay, that's all you need to see. If you want to do some fun sequels, you can, but. You yeah. don't need to see anything else from Halloween. You, you don't have to see anything else from, say, I don't know, Hellraiser, right? Even if two and three <laughs> yeah. aren't bad. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's lots of franchises where, yeah, the first one is the one you need to see. Everything after that's just kind of optional. Uh, and in, yeah. in some cases, actively discouraged, depending on you know, yeah. what you're talking about. But I would say that Rec 2, if you like Rec 1, Rec 2 is a must-watch because it feels like the, the natural second half of the story. Yeah. In a lot of I ways. So... There you go. Well, if you made it this far into the review, put the words uh, I don't know. Rocket? Because they kill a zombie with a firework with the, the, the rocket? Yes, rocket. Put sure. the word rocket into the comments to let us know you got to the end. 
Uh, Tim, you're going to pose for the thumbnail, yeah. so here we go. Three, two, one, pose. <laughs> These poses are getting wackier and wackier, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let us know what you think of Rec 2 in the comments, of course. You can like and subscribe, as we mentioned earlier, as as well, of course, patreon.com slash TV is super important. All of that helps us out a bunch. Uh, catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for updates and other things and whatever. Uh, go and have a look. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. Uh, so hopefully you've been enjoying Zombie Month. We have one more zombie movie, I think, left, uh, if all goes to plan. And mm-hmm. it's a nice, big, interesting film that we're both watching for the first time to round out Zombie Month. So I'll look forward to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tim's just remembering what the, the last one is. So thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time.